You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 11. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Hey everyone, Angela here from Angela Henderson Consulting with another jam-packed episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Today we have the nicest person in the world joining us all the way from beautiful Tasmania, Australia to talk about must-use Facebook ad strategies for e-commerce businesses. In the show today, you'll learn why if you're an e-commerce business that you must be using Facebook ads. You'll also learn about Facebook ads miss. And we'll also talk to you about what the difference between a cold audience, warm audience, and hot audience is. We're also going to talk to you about the importance of what a pixel is and how you need to set that pixel up. And in regards to the actual Facebook ad strategy for e-commerce, we're going to talk to you a little bit about what a top funnel means, a middle funnel means, and what the bottom end of a funnel means and how that's all going to work collaboratively to get you the best success in Facebook ads. Now, sit back, enjoy the ride. It is a bit of a longer episode today because there's so much goodness jam-packed into everything that we didn't want to leave you guys out of anything whatsoever. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or even a glass of wine, grab your pen and paper, and let's get ready to rock and roll. Welcome to the show, Karen. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello, hello. How is good old Tazzy treating us today? Not too bad, a little chilly, but not too bad. The sun's out. Yes, I mean, Tessie's awesome. As you know, my husband's from Tasmania. I do love all things from Tasmania. Um, however, I do not love the coldness. I'm not going to lie about it. It is one of the things that um, I always say, if you could take the like the scenery, the people, the food, and move that into Queensland, but let me have Queensland like all year round weather, I would be, you know, it's like it would be a match made in heaven. Then everyone would live here and it wouldn't be as good. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Tassie's kind of like that secret little gem of Australia where you do get your influx of tourists, but it's not overly out of control. Um, but, you know, it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful place in Australia. So tell, I like the listeners to get to know the people that I'm bringing on board versus just jumping straight into the business. So tell us something awesome about Tassie that some of us might not know about. And then give us a little bit of information about who you are and what your business is about. So what do I love about Tassie? I've been here since I was four and I think what I really love about it is that we have everything, the wildlife, the wilderness is so close. So if you go to the CBD in Hobart, there's this beautiful big mountain, Mount Wellington, and there's snow up there today. (laughs) And that's built on a river as well. The city's on a river and then you can drive in any direction 10 minutes and you'll get to a beach. And I love the beach. I love taking my dogs for a walk on the beach. I have two labradoodles and yeah, everything's so close. You can drive an hour to the East coast and you've got Wineglass Bay. There's so many beautiful walks and waterfalls and you've got all of that. But then, like I say, you can be in this magical wilderness and then you can drive 15, 20 minutes somewhere else and you're in a city. 
Um, so it's so close, whereas some of the bigger cities on the mainland, you have to drive so far just to get to a beach. I couldn't live like that. Yeah, you're like, no, not for me. Again, <laughs> I totally agree. Like anywhere you go, you're not far from one side of Tassie, north, east, south, or west. And also what I love about Tassie, not that the rest of Australia doesn't, but I guess maybe because it's more condensed, is that you've got such beautiful produce and vegetables and, you know, like the food, I just feel. The quality of the food is yeah, so Yeah, the quality good. I feel is a lot fresher. I don't know if that's a thing or if that's me being biased, but I genuinely think the food there is very different. It is. And it's, you know, people take pride in their food here. And it's, I just spent a week in Queensland and there were so many places we went and on the menu was Tasmanian this and Tasmanian that because people really love that brand of Tasmanian. <laughs> Absolutely. The oysters, the scallops, the fish, the etc. Exactly. So Tassie, we know, is a rock house. It's a powerhouse. But tell us a little bit about you and the business. So uh, Karen with a Y came about because I got sick of everyone spelling my name wrong. <laughs> it didn't work. I get these lovely emails going, hi, Karen with a Y, and they spell it with an E. So, <laughs> there it goes. But I, I guess I named the business after me rather than a specific thing because it's always evolving and what I talk about always evolves. I used to teach social media in general. Uh, and what I found is trying to keep up with Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and LinkedIn, it just got too much. There were so many things happening and so many things changing that I decided I had to pick my favorite, which of course was Facebook. Yep. And then over the years, uh, Facebook advertising kind of started to interest me more and more because I used to be more about the posting and organic reach. And as I took the shift to Facebook advertising, you know, there was so much about it. And I'm a bit of a geek. I love all the data side of things as well and all the numbers. So I jumped into Facebook advertising and kind of went headfirst into learning everything I could. And I've been to different trainings all over the world. I've just come back from Hawaii with Kat Howell at the Agency Accelerator, and that was awesome. And I decided that I really wanted to niche down because even within Facebook advertising, there is so much to learn and so many different strategies and I just decided, kind of fell into e-commerce because a lot of my clients were e-commerce owners and I was getting some great results for them. And I thought, you know, this the more you can specialize, I feel, in your field, the more that you can really learn everything there is to know about that particular thing. Whereas if I was trying to cover everything with Facebook ads, you know, I wouldn't be as good in any one particular area. So e-commerce was it for me and there is still so much to learn and my clients and I have fun trying all the different new things that come out because there are so many changes to Facebook. So e-commerce was kind of where I landed. That's where my passion lies. And I'm continuously learning as Facebook updates things. And I think, again, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, in other conversations because we've known our, you know, each other for a while now. And the reality of it is, is that, you know, you must niche down. Whatever your market is, Definitely. people must niche. And so if you're listening out there and you're kind of like, no, I can serve everyone. Nope. I'm going to call you crap on it. No, you can't serve everyone because it's not going to do me help you. And I know I even reached out to you with my new um, eight week business um, program that's coming out. And I said, Hey, Karen, you know, you did my, you know, you did some of my ad strategy for Finley and me, my first business. I said, would you be willing to, you know, and that was e-commerce, but in the particular realm, it wasn't, we weren't doing products with you. You were helping me with some uh, like eBooks and launches and things like that. And we yeah. did exceptionally well. Like you blew my socks off with that. But when I reached out this time around to help me with my um, eight week coaching program, Facebook stuff, you're like, nope, I'm not doing it. I was like, oh, hell no. She did not just deny me. <laughs> like, Yes, no, I can't do it. But 
complete out of respect for you. You, you did it because not because you don't want to work with me. You did it because you're like, Angela listen, that's not my headspace anymore. And I'm not going to be able to serve you the best I can because I've niched down specifically into e-commerce, which like I said, I respected you immensely. So, you know, again, I think there's something to be said that you can't serve everyone. You can't keep learning everything as a board because you're going to spread yourself too thin. And ultimately either you're going to suffer burnout from having to keep learning everything or it's going to impact on, I guess, your overall customer results. Would you agree? Definitely. For me, I know that I can deliver results in that e-commerce space and I still get tempted. You know, I get calls all the time from other people and, you know, they've got this great thing and they're doing and it might be lead gen or something. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And then once I sort of stop and take a look back, you know, same with you, it's like, well, actually that's not, that's not my zone of genius or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I do know people that do specialize in those things. So then I kind of refer them on to those people and at least I know they're going to be better looked after and they're going to get a better result at the end of the day. Absolutely. And again, I also am a firm believer that there's enough work for everyone. I think people don't want to niche down because they're like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to make my bills. But the reality of it is, is the more you niche, and you become no one for that specialty, you actually don't have to go working harder because people will naturally just start referring you and you become that specialist in that domain realm. So I couldn't, yeah. Yeah. So glad that you're niche. I'm so glad that we're going to talk about the e-commerce platform because Facebook, you know, Facebook is evolving every single second, I reckon. And I often hear businesses though say that their buyer isn't on Facebook. So, you know, they're, they're not going, they aren't going to, um, you know, do Facebook ads or, you know, nope, I'm not going to bother. But the reality of it is, is again, Facebook's massive. And I was looking up some research just recently. And what I found was in the first quarter of 2018, Facebook had two point one nine billion billion yeah billion monthly active users and in 2016 facebook brought in 26.9 billion again u.s dollars in overall revenue now that's not profit but that's still a nice chunk huge of numbers yeah are bringing in and i also would kind of you know challenge people where you know if they're not on facebook or linkedin or instagram whatever advertising from a social media platform that you know i read that if you're not on i guess the bag wagon or whatever you know analogy you want to use is that within the next three years it is going to be exceptionally hard to stay competitive in your market because you know times are changing we're no longer using yellow pages you know we're no longer using, you know, all those strategies that used to work. The one that I still think works really well is networking, the importance of networking Definitely. like prior to social media. But if you are in any space, Facebook, do you know what I mean, is where it's at. So, but I hear a lot of myths about Facebook ads. And I thought instead of me talking about the Facebook ad myths, I want you as an expert to tell me about some of the Facebook ad myths that you can clear up today for us. Definitely. So you're totally right with my audience is not on Facebook. And I think it's really been a common misconception that the older generation is not on Facebook. Now, my mom, she's 67 soon and she's on Facebook more than I am. <laughs> she yes. travels around on a yacht and she hates that she has to go in and out of Wi-Fi because if it was up to her, she'd be on Facebook so many hours a day. Yes. And all of her friends are, and, you know, they're on there to keep in touch with their friends, their family. Like so many of us are living in different states, different countries now, as you know yourself. And Facebook has provided this way for people to keep in touch and to communicate, even though we live on different sides of the world. My family, I'm originally from South Africa, and, you know, we call each other on our birthdays, not on the phone, we call through Facebook Messenger. Exactly and, right. you know, we're always on Facebook talking, and we can see what each other are doing and keep in touch with each other's lives without having to call every week. 
And I feel like so many people are on Facebook for that reason. And I think it's total misconception that, you know, my demographic's not on there because there are so many people on Facebook and so many demographics. I've done everything from my normal e-commerce to selling um, pet cremations on Facebook. You know, there are so many different industries that can work, um, whether it be automobile or dentists, everything. And um, real estate, you've got like real estate is huge on Facebook. So when you're saying, you know, my audience is not on Facebook, I challenge you then to kind of think really who their audience is and reach out and ask them because I think they might be, you know, quite surprised that actually a lot of them will be on Facebook. I'd be very surprised if they weren't. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. And, you know, my dad too, he never owned a computer before I left. Um to come over to Australia, I got him the computer. It was, again, I'm not going to lie, Dad, if you are choosing to listen to this, but like, you know, turn, <laughs> this is how you turn it on. This is how you press start, you know, like walked him through every single day, you know? Yeah. Um, but now like, I mean, he's not a genius, but he can read the newspapers. He can do this. He can send me jokes on Facebook. He can, you know, knows how to tag people. He now knows how to comment, you know, like, you yeah. know, I think it's super important. They even have um, library sessions for people 60 and over to learn and teach them how to use Facebook to help, you know, decrease social isolation, get reconnected with family and things like that. So I agree. It's a fantastic all- tool, I think, for it's- all of those things. Exactly. Right. And, you know, just because you're 60, like I'm only 21 years away from that. It doesn't mean we stop buying. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't, I mean, stop shopping and we just sit in our clothes for the next 80 years and don't do anything. So, you know, again, that misconception that my buyers aren't on Facebook, I think is really something that's doing false and needs to be definitely cleared or challenged to those. Have you come across any other myths? So there's quite a few myths around Facebook and a big one I wanted to talk about was actually the privacy. A lot of people are skeptical about advertising on Facebook or even being on Facebook based on, you know, Facebook collects so much data, they collect so much information and, you know, as an advertiser, you're given all of those things. And Facebook marketing is so powerful because they do have so much data. They're not the only ones. So many businesses now uh, collect data and this is why things like the GDPR came about. But we as an advertiser, so me as a page owner wanting to advertise, I can target specific people based on what they do or based on their demographics, but I'm never given a list, you know, of those, these are those people or I'm never given their actual details. So I can put an ad out into the newsfeed and target women who might be parents, might live in Hobart, but I'll never be given this list to say, hey, these are the people that you're talking to. Facebook actually has very, very strict privacy laws and they really do do everything that they can to make sure that they don't breach those privacies. And they were being very proactive with the recent Cambridge Analytica scandal that came through to make a lot of changes. You know, it's not good business for them to not have strict privacy either. So people want to feel comfortable using the platform. So I think a big misconception is that, you know, we're able to access a lot of that data and really we're not. We're able to utilise it, definitely. And you're able to utilise your ads based on that data and to get your ads out into people based on what they look like and what they talk about. But we're certainly never given those details and we're not able to access anyone's personal information based on that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think the only reason why it appeared to be such a big, I mean, I'm not minimizing what happened. It was a big thing when all this went down with Facebook recently. But the reality of it is, is Facebook's so big. Of course, everyone is going to hang on to that, especially the media doing like, oh, my goodness, Facebook's destroying privacy yeah. and this. But the reality of it is, is it's happening in every every business potentially has a risk of their privacy being or their customers' privacy being, you know, compromised. It's the way the world works, you know. But again, I think, like you said, Facebook has done so much 
preventative measures to ensure security and privacy, et cetera, that, that Facebook is not trying to deliberately um, mess anyone up or breach anything. They try very hard and they've got the money to make sure that those measures are in place. So, yep, that's yeah, cool. Definitely. Totally agree. Any other myths? Really myths around maybe more the... Um some people think that Facebook ads, well, don't work. There's one thing, you know, mainly that's around the audience I'll be on there. But others also think that it's a set and forget thing, that, you know, you set up your Facebook ads and they're just going to run forever and I'm just going to print money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think a lot of there's so many success stories out there because it has been used so well that people think I'm just going to set this up, it's going to run, it's going to be amazing, and um, that leaves people very disappointed when it doesn't happen. So I think a big myth is that there's no real strategy behind ads and there really needs to be. I'm sure we're going to talk about some of those today. Um, Absolutely. Um, And I think, again, it's about like the people that they're seeing potentially in their feeds, like, wow, they've done it so I can do it. But they're doing it because, again, they've got a strategy. They haven't just pressed a magic button that says, show me the money and start putting money into my bank account. It does not work like that. Or worse still, that boost button. Yeah, um, <laughs> the boost. I think, again, you came to Brisbane one time and your presentation was beyond the boost, you know, where yeah, we talked clearly yeah. about other strategies, which different topic for a different day. But no, now tell me, obviously, you've niched down. So yeah. by niching down, I also would assume that due to the different types of businesses, so the B2B or the B2C, that clearly you would need different strategies that businesses could use to scale because not all strategies are going to work. So is this why you chose specifically, again, to really niche down on that B2C market? Yeah, so definitely different strategies, um, B2C and B2B. You know, all of it's relationship building at the core. You know, you're introducing either yourself or your brand or your product to an audience and then you are building that relationship by, you know, whether it be telling them what you do or showing them more about your product and, you know, retargeting, you know, a lot of it is that relationship building but that's done very differently with you know a b2b than it is to a b2c um for one it's more talking about themselves and a lot of that relationship building can be done with video these days on facebook which is excellent but certainly that's why i've kind of niched down to the one area because it's the same techniques that we can use for different you know every every business is different and we change things around but there are certain strategies that we can put in place uh funnels as we call them that will work for e-commerce businesses regardless of what they're selling yeah Perfect. So we've identified some myths. We've got, you know, we know that 2.9 billion you know, monthly users are there. So it's clear that Facebook's a great channel that can address every stage of kind of that, you know, e-commerce conversion type stuff from, you know, Facebook will allow us to talk about the brand awareness, generating revenue, creating loyal customers. So I want to jump into kind of your strategies for e-commerce businesses related to Facebook ads. So do you want to jump in and start sharing some of those strategies with us? Sure. So what we use Facebook for is to create a full sales funnel. And this is the same as any type of marketing on any platform is that we're funneling people through what we want them to do. So the first thing with Facebook is that we can reach a cold audience, a cold audience being people that have never heard about your business. They haven't been to your website. They're not fans on Facebook already. And we can reach them through the amazing targeting options that we have. So we can target based on age and location and gender, but then a lot of interest-based targeting. So Facebook picks up those things based on what people do on Facebook, the kind of pages that they interact with, the groups that they're in, what they're talking about in Messenger and on their posts. So if somebody's always talking about how they love to go horse riding and, you know, they're going horse riding this weekend and they're talking to their friends about it, then that marks them as having an interest in horse riding. And, you know, a 
a brand that sells horse saddles can target people that are interested in horse riding in a specific area and that ad would show in front of that person. But then there's also this amazing thing called the Facebook pixel and the pixel is this bit of code that goes on the back end of your website and it feeds that data back to Facebook. So it tells Facebook who's been to your website, what they did, what actions they took, did they add to cart, did they check out, if they did check out, you know, what did they buy, how much was it, It sends all that information back. So once a business gets more successful with Facebook ads or if their business is doing really well already on e-commerce, they're sending a lot of data back to Facebook and Facebook starts to see patterns in the type of people that purchase. They can see that there's, you know, they tend to be in this area, they tend to be in this age group, they tend to be female And what you can do, this is called a seasoned pixel, once you've got enough information on their website and on your pixel, you can then set what's called broad audience targeting. And this is where Facebook is really, really powerful. So broad audience targeting is when you go, hey, Facebook, I know that I just want to target people in Australia and I just want to target females, but you do the rest. So you don't set any targeting. And from that pixel information, they decide who to show the ads to. And when you can get to that state, I've just changed to give you an example, one of my clients we had a top of funnel ad running and generally top of funnel, we weren't really aiming for too much of a return. You know, if we can get $1 for every dollar, that's fine because we're going to get them in the retargeting. But I switched things over to this broad targeting. So I gave Facebook an audience of like 20 million people and said, hey, Facebook, you go for it. We've been collecting data for a year now. You, you need kind of like do your best. And now we're making $4.50 for every dollar spent from a cold audience. So these are people that have never heard of this brand before. And now, you know, this is four times the result we're getting by actually not telling Facebook what we want but letting them do the work. So Facebook has these amazing built-in algorithms that can actually do this. So people worry about their targeting and getting all of that right, but eventually what you're actually getting sales and data is so that you can give Facebook free reign and let them do the work. So I would just want one of the things that, again, for those listeners who still might be new to the whole business realm and, you know, wondering, you know, some big words and things like that. I just want to take one step back just so that everyone's on the same page and that you've got kind of three different types of audiences that we talk about guys and ladies. And one is you've got a cold audience, you've got a warm audience, and then you've got a hot audience. And some of the stuff that Karen's been currently talking about is that she's talking about a cold audience. So I just wanted to have Karen have an opportunity real quick to talk about the definition of cold audience, what gets them to a warm audience and what gets them to a hot hot audience. So if you want to talk about that, that might be helpful for them. That's not as advanced yet than some of the others listening. Definitely. So a cold audience is somebody that's never heard of you. So they you know, if they see an ad in the newspaper, they're like, oh, what's this Angela Henderson person? You know, I've never heard of her. Cold audience, if, yeah, no knowledge of you in the past, haven't dealt with you. The warm audience, they know who you are, but they haven't purchased from you yet. So maybe they've already seen an ad or maybe they've already been to your website. They've dealt with you in the past. They're like, oh, yeah, I know this Angela chick, but they haven't gone as far as to be working with you yet. A hot audience, they're already our customers. So these people have already bought from us in the past. Maybe they're a current client of yours. They're our hot audience because it is so much easier to sell to a hot audience than it is to a cold audience. So it's always going to be cheaper to get somebody who already buys from you in the past to then buy from you again in the future. And they're sort of our three different levels. And those levels come down to our retargeting with Facebook as well. So that top of funnel stuff is going straight to a cold audience. So that's your, hey, this is the product that we've got. This is what it does. This is why we think you should buy it. And the idea is that we want to get people to the website. 
But what Facebook allows us to do is what's called retargeting. So if you've ever been to a website and you've gone and had a look at a product, maybe you've looked at a really cute pair of shoes and then your boss walked in and you got off the website and you went back to work. Later on, you were sitting at home and you were going through Facebook and there's those exact pair of shoes. And you're like, how the hell did that happen? That is retargeting. And that is retargeting a warm audience now because they've already been to your website and they already know who you are. And that is what I do is get people to think, oh, wow, that's right. I was looking at a product and maybe I was looking to buy that. So that's what we call retargeting. That's kind of our middle of funnel is somebody that was looking at a product when it's called dynamic ads. So Facebook will actually pull through the images from the website for you. They'll pull through the price and the description. So really you can set up an ad to show whatever product they were looking at, which is really powerful. No, absolutely. I think again, they used to not have that and then that was implemented in and it's uh yeah i think it's been a game changer for many businesses out there all right so cool so as long as everyone's kind of on the same page with like the cold audience the warm audience the hot audience and how that kind of is associated with facebook ads and then again so your first facebook strategy what would you say is like overarching header for that okay so i'd say your minimum funnel it would be to do that cold audience, getting them top of funnel traffic. And then you could just smoosh all your retargeting into one. That would, But the thing is you have to have retargeting. So a lot of people that I talk to in e-commerce, they're like, oh, I tried Facebook ads. They didn't really work. And to give you an idea, one of my clients, we spent, um, you know, most of our money in the top of funnel, which is where you should put sort of 70% of your budget. And that's showing that cold audience. But then all of our money was made in the retargeting. So we didn't make a cent off that initial top of funnel cold audience, but then retargeting those people that viewed products and retargeting people who added to cart. That's where we made nearly a hundred dollars for every dollar put into that bottom of funnel, but without spending the money on the top of funnel, we wouldn't have had people trickling through the funnel. So a lot of people stop at that top of funnel level, just showing the cold audience and they never retarget. So my number one thing with the strategy is your minimum funnel has to have at least one level of retargeting. So they would do, so I just want to kind of recap for them that are out there. So you would ideally, first things first, guys, you need the pixel on your site. Without your pixel, you're pretty much, not much can happen, correct? Definitely, yeah. So number one, you got to install your Facebook pixel. And Karen, if I'm correct, you've got a blog on that on your site, do you not? Yeah, so the Facebook pixel is totally free too. So you can go to install your pixels. This is not some expensive technology that you have to pay for, guys. It's a free thing with Facebook. You go to install the pixel and there is... It's like a five-minute job, and Facebook will even walk you through how to do it. Exactly right. And, like, yeah, YouTube, Google it, you got it. But kind of first things first, you need your pixel on the you know, on your website because it's going to be able to sniff around, take that data back to Facebook, so then you can set up your then cold audience top of funnel, correct? Correct. And, guys, if you're not sure if this is set up for you, there is a free Google Chrome extension you can download called Facebook Pixel Helper. If you download that, it installs on your browser and basically it will show you what pixels are installed on your website and if they're set up correctly. So you'll get a green light if it's all good. You'll get a red light if there's any errors. Perfect. And then what one of the tips that you're saying though is, is that once you do that cold audience top of funnel, you know, to, you know, out there is not to get discouraged because you are going to spend a little bit more, like you said, 70% of your budget initially in there 
it's going to be minimal, not minimal return, but what you're doing is again, you've got to, you've got to build that relationship with them. You're building that trust factor with them so that when you get to the retargeting, you're then already, like you said, you've moved them from a cold audience to a warm audience. Correct. And then that warm audience is what we retarget. So anybody that views content, that means they actually end up on a product page. So not just your homepage where they might've left, but actually looking at a product, you want to retarget those people. And then for e-commerce, 68% of people who add to cart don't go on to checkout. So there's a huge lot of people that add to cart in the industry that never actually go on to purchase. So the big thing you want to do is then retarget those people. And this is what we call our bottom of funnel. So our top of funnel is getting that cold traffic in. Our middle of funnel is retargeting anyone that might have looked at a product. And then our bottom of funnel is retargeting anybody who actually added to cart that they left. So they've abandoned their cart. Yep. And this is where you make the most money, guys. So if you haven't set up this part of your funnel, this is what you really want to do. And it's all dynamic. It pulls through the product they were looking at or the product that they had in their cart. And you can give them a message. And this is the sort of thing where you remind people about maybe free shipping that you might offer. Or if you've got afterpay, you can tell them things like that. Or even little quirky messages like, hey, we noticed you left this behind. Are you sure you don't want it? Things like that. And people might look at that and go, oh, that's right, you know. I got distracted when I wanted to buy that. You know, people's lives are busy. They get distracted all the time. So if you can make it really easy for them to jump back in and purchase, then you're going to get results that way. Engine women in business. Get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day women in business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Maddie from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. No, perfect. And again, like you said, that's when the conversion will happen. Like as a mom, you know, we're doing a million different things all the time that's going on. Businesses, we're busy. Like you said, our attention span is getting further or less and less, you know, in the world that we live in. So those helpful reminders should equally, you know, result in the conversions. Definitely. Definitely. Now, now in regards to, so you talked about the top part of the funnel. You've talked about the middle part of the funnel. You've talked about the kind of bottom end of the funnel. But if someone was new, like really, really just starting out, you know, what would be your number one tip for them to try and start getting their head around just in funnels in general? Because funnels can be a little bit hard just to kind of understand. So definitely um, they can mix those bits together. So the minimum, what we call a minimum viable funnel with Facebook ads is do your top of funnel, which is just targeting who you think will be your target audience. That's where I'd start. And it's all about testing. If your audience is not working well, then you change it up and you test something else. So targeting a cold audience. And then when you set up a Facebook ad, you get these options of, you know, what you want to achieve. And for retargeting, I would use one called product catalog sales. And that's where you get what's called this dynamic ads where it pulls through the products. And you can just target anyone who's viewed a product 
or added to cut in the last 14 days. And that would be my minimum funnel that I would go. So just putting new fresh audience through your funnel and then retargeting everyone all at once. That would be the easiest thing to set up and what I would call like a minimum viable funnel. Yep. Perfect. 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 And so once I've got that pixel on and then they're on the back end of Facebook, do you have any tips for those out there that are like have never done it, slightly overwhelmed, might not have the money to pay for an ads manager like you and I have, you know, so what, what would you suggest that they do? Where, what are their learning points? Like I know you've got a course coming out very shortly. Um, again, you had your first round, which was very successful. And you've got your second round coming out in August. So obviously there's courses that can people take, um, which again, if you guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, yep, I can probably do kind of that top end and that middle end, but I'm really going to get confused on the bottom end. If you genuinely want your e-commerce business to grow, you must invest whether or not it's a good course or whether or not it's through, you know, someone managing your ads that is doing an expert, but obviously you pay a little bit more when someone doing mean is doing the whole kidding caboodle, but you're going to have to invest at some stage because if you're trying to, you know, again, create a new product, have your website going, whatever Facebook ads, you can't be a specialist in all areas of your business. I mean, it's not, it's not viable. I'm not a specialist, nor do I ever want to know much about Facebook ads. Right. So would you agree with that? Like, yes, you can start. And I think you can play around and do it to the, to do mean the bottom. And I think, yes, people will still see sales, but I think at the end of the day though, that if you genuinely are serious about growing your business through Facebook ads, you need to learn it a little bit more than just testing and boosting. Would you agree, Karen? It's such a vital tool for your business. So if you can learn to do this stuff yourself, one, you're going to save your money on paying someone like me to do it for you. And two, it's something you can look after ongoing. And, you know, if you get those tools in your belt, a starting point for people who are thinking, look, I just do not have the money to pay someone right now, even for a course. If you search for Facebook Blueprint, Facebook actually has like a free training videos on how to set up this basic stuff. So if you're stuck setting up your pixel or if you really want to set up that product catalog but you're not sure how, Facebook Blueprint is a good starting point. There's no one really to hold your hand through the process, but they do have videos. So if you're okay learning that way, that, that's where I would start off. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, like, again, it's not about overwhelming you guys, but it's about having a real conversation like we are today that, you know, there are different – you just can't go out there and press boost and hope that you guys are going to have a million dollars in your pocket. It comes down to Facebook ad strategy for e-commerce business owners in particular and that you have to be able to have a funnel with the top, middle, and bottom. You've got to be able to know that when to retarget and when not to retarget. What does yeah. retargeting mean? Um, and being able to, like Karen said, I think very early in the piece is that you've got to be able to assess the data. You know, where are they coming from? What ages are they? And it comes back to also knowing who your ideal client is. Because if you're just running ads, and I see it all the time, people are just pressing the button, boost, 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 do, mm. do that. And they don't even know who their target client is. You could be, if your ideal client is a 38-year-old female like mine is, with a lot more behind it. But if all of a sudden I don't know that, and I'm targeting 60 and 70 year olds, I'm wasting money. So you yeah. really also need to make sure that before you start any of your Facebook ads, that you know your ideal client. Definitely. Yeah. Any kind of marketing. And you know, that is a big thing is if you're spending money on ads, it makes far more business sense to spend money on learning how to spend it properly. You know, otherwise you're just literally throwing money at the wall and hoping something sticks. Yeah, no, I, 
I totally, it's so funny because my previous uh, podcast guest used that same analogy about the spaghetti, <laughs> literally just like not even 40 minutes ago. That is so funny. Too, too, too funny. So now are there any other strategies that you think that they need to know? Or do you think that didn't mean to sound enough for them to start out with? Because if that is, I really, the, and my next kind of question is I'd like you to show three different examples of when Facebook ads for e-commerce has worked really well for your clients. Yeah. So what a couple of other things that we do in our funnels. So that's kind of like our basic funnel, but there's a really cool um, campaign that we run, which is called the thank you campaign. And that is an ad that goes to people after they do purchase. So a lot of people will spend money getting the purchase and then they kind of, that's it. You know, we're not going to do anything once they've purchased. This particular ad shows for three days after someone's made a purchase and it's a video thanking them. And it works best if it is the person who owns the business or a team of people behind that business actually on camera saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for your purchase. You can make a funny video. You can make it a bit creative. There's no calls to action here. There's no links or anything like that. You're just literally saying, hey, thanks for your purchase. And it actually converts really well. So people tend to go back. People love being thanked. And can you imagine in the online world seeing an ad thanking you for a purchase? Like it is a great introduction to that brand, but it tends to make people go back to that website and purchase more. So people do see a good return on these ads, even though we're not asking them for a purchase because, hey, how many times do you see it? It makes you stand out and it gives a great first impression. And again, I think um, people are forgetting they're treating people, like I said in the last episode, they're treating people like numbers versus numbers. treating people like people. And again, it's, this is just one way that it, it's it's a free, it, well, yes, you're still running the ad spend, I guess, but what I'm saying is it's a minimal cost, but your risk is low, but your gain is so high because you've actually gone, you're doing something personalized for these guys. You are taking that time. So you haven't just ended at the sale. If you're still nurturing post-sale, um, and again, these type of people, that are buying from you, they'll then talk in other groups for you. They become your like minions and ad, will advertise for you all because yeah. of the fact that you've done one additional step, which is thank you ad. And you've got to think about it as if they were in your store. So your top of funnel ads is kind of like your storefront. Like you kind of got the name of the business. You've got some stuff in the window and you're telling people what you're about and you get them in the door. And then once they're in the door, they can see your products a little bit closer. You give them a bit more information. Maybe your store person goes and helps them. And then when someone picks something up, that's kind of like retargeting the bottom of funnel. You're like, hey, this is why you should buy that product that's in your hand. So it might be in their shopping cart and you're going, hey, look at this. These are the features of it. And, you know, I'm going to give you free gift wrapping if you buy it now. That's the same as saying, hey, this is in your shopping cart and I'm going to give you free shipping. And then once that person actually goes to the counter, gives the product, gives their money, you wouldn't stand there and not say thank you. So think of it as a real life environment and go, Hey, thank you for that purchase. And you're kind of taking people through that in-store experience online because that's what people are missing when they buy online is they miss that communication and that relationship that they get when they go into a store. So if you can make them feel just as appreciated buying online, you're really going to stand out from other places that they could buy it. Yeah, no, I totally, totally Agree 150%. So once they do the thank you um, purchase ad, is there anything else after that that you reckon they should be doing? So it depends on the products, but we also run a lot of cross-selling campaigns. So if people, if you've got more than one product that goes together, so say for instance, you sell dog collars and you sell dog leads. If somebody's got a dog collar in their cart, or even if they've just purchased it, 
you can run an ad to those people and go, hey, did you know we've got this matching lead that's going to look amazing with your collar? And if you buy it now, we're going to put it in the same order so you don't have to pay any shipping. Things like that. So cross-selling is really powerful on Facebook. And again, all of that is automated through the Facebook pixel. So Facebook can tell what they've just bought or what they've just added to their cart or even what they're just looking at and say, hey, we've got this hand cream, but did you know we've got a face cream in the same fragrance? So if you loved that hand cream, you're going to love this one as well. Yeah. And then, and then you can time when people get an ad as well. So say you're selling supplements and someone just bought a 30-day supply of supplements, you can have an ad go out to that person maybe like 27 days later going, hey, we noticed your supply is just about to run out. Would you like to purchase another one now? So there's all that after-sales stuff that a lot of people stop once they get the sale. So you've still got the thank you, then you've got the cross-sales, and then you've got these timed ads of like, hey, we noticed that you loved this last time, you're about to run out, or even maybe you sell clothing and you get a new range in. You can then target the people that have bought from you in the past and say, hey, we've got this new range in, we know you've loved our products in the past, thought you might like this now as well. And a lot of people neglect this warm audience of people or these even this hot audience of people who are past customers. And then there's also with e-commerce a lot of special occasions. So you've got Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Valentine's Day, you know, all these different things. There's Afterpay Day, Vogue Fashion Week, amazing things that you can then go, hey, and then show your hot audience. So not just showing a new audience again, but show those people that have added to cart in the past, your warm audience, or purchased in the past, your hot audience, and go, hey, you know, it's Mother's Day and you could buy this for your mum and we're going to give you free gift wrapping or whatever it might be targeting that hot audience because a lot of people tend to just show all their stuff to a cold audience and forget about their warm and hot audiences. Yeah, no, again, these are all the little things that are going to make or make the difference for bang for your buck, you know, and, uh, but again, comes back down to strategy. If you're just winging it and you don't actually have your funnels written out and your strategy in place, then you're never going to be able to track what's working, what isn't working, what you need to change up, what you keep, what you, you know, all those things. So again, just, you know, trying to bring it all around collectively, you have to be able to have a Facebook strategy. Definitely. And that can be as simple as after you've listened to this podcast, sit down with a pen and paper and go, okay, who's my target audience? Okay. I'm going to write down everything I know about my target audience. And they go, okay, if they came into my store, what would be the steps? And then, you know, if I could contact that person at any particular stages, when would it be? And what would I want to say? Yeah. You know, and writing all those things down and taking notes, and then you can kind of start to structure together your funnel. And then Facebook allows you so many different tools to target people based on what they spend, when they spend, how much they spend, what they buy, all these things. So if you think of each one as a trigger, like if this happens, then that happens. If they buy this product, then I want to show them this ad. Or if they buy that product, then I want to show them an ad in 30 days. And just start to write down all of that stuff and know that it's probably possible, uh, no matter what you can come up with, that we can put together so many different funnels based on that. Yeah, no, fantastic. Now, you, we've talked about all the differences of, of different funnels that you could have. Tell us, give us a few examples of Facebook ads for e-commerce that has worked really well for you. So I have a couple of clients that have done really well. Um, one we might talk about is the skincare clinic. Yes. And um, so I still look after their ads. They are an amazing company. They're Australian-owned. Uh, they're based in Tassie as well, which is probably why I love them. And they are chemical-free skincare, but um, nasty chemical-free, I should say. So they've got no nasties, 
but it's stuff that's proven to work. So not just full natural, we hope this will do something, but some really big brands like Osmosis and Aspect Doctor that work really well. But then we've got this business that sells all these different things and they were a brick and mortar clinic. So they still are. But then we've got this thing of, okay, normally we have people come to us and we're able to look at their skin and we're able to tell them what they need and give them these products. And they're more high-end products as well. So you're getting people to spend a little bit more on their skincare. How do we then take that and put it online? And that was kind of one of the biggest challenges. So getting the right people as well and then going, okay, what can we do? So what we started doing is they do free online skin consultations, which is a really good example. Is like what can you do in your business to then overcome the fact that they're buying online? So they went, hey, you email us a picture and tell us your skin concerns and we'll get back to you with, and they've got qualified skin you know, clinicians that are getting back to these people going, these are the products that we recommend for you. And that's taking away that barrier of what were we missing out on from being in-store to online. So now we have great success with them. They're getting nearly $20 for every dollar that they put into Facebook advertising and that's an amazing result for Facebook ads. And it comes from that amazing service and also the great range of products that they've got. We do a lot of retargeting, a lot of bottom of funnel stuff. And like I mentioned before, they were one of the ones that we've got up to nearly $4 of our cold audience for every dollar that they put in, which is amazing. No, absolutely. Hands down. And, you know, Gay is great. I've worked with obviously Gay also and she, um, but Gay had a willingness again to learn, do you know what I mean? And realize that again, the strategy needed to happen and, you know, the time and the effort that happened. So when you're hearing this, you know, she is a success story, but it's also mindful that it didn't happen overnight. You know, Facebook is all about testing. Just when something works, you might have to test something else. Your audience might change slightly, you know? So yes, no, but Gay has done a phenomenal job and the Facebook ads definitely show and substantiate what can, how powerful Facebook ads for e-commerce can be when done properly with a, you know, top end, middle end, bottom end funnel and all yeah. those other things in between. And that that's a really good point about things not happening overnight and also being willing to ride that wave because if Gay, like when Gay first came to me in our first three months, we did 20X return, which is crazy. And it was really hard for me to say to Gay, look, this wasn't actually what I was striving for. I was really hoping to get you $5. And she's like, oh, so 20 is pretty good then. I'm like, yeah, yeah, 20 is great. Yes. <laughs> but then we've had months where um, recently we got down to 4X, which for a lot of companies is still a great result. But for Gay, I was like, well, you know, this is really a lot lower than what we used to. So it was me going back to saying, look, things have changed in Facebook. We're going to have to change our approach a little bit. And, you know, these are our results for this month, but I'm confident that we can get back up. There are people that would have gone, look, Karen, you're fired. You know, yep you know the results you're not getting what I wanted anymore and you're fired whereas Gay was like yeah I understand I understand things change I understand our approach needs to change and we came back up the next month at a 15x return changed our approach we changed what Facebook was working we started using broad audience targeting which is what Facebook's favoring at the moment and you really need to be willing to either invest in your own skills to be able to change as Facebook changes or to trust the person that's doing the work for you because things do change with Facebook and you're not going to get a consistent result month in, month out. Things change seasonally, but they also change when Facebook makes a major algorithm change. Things can tank really quickly and you need someone that's on the ball to switch around and go, hey, that's fine. We're going to turn around and we're going to do something different. But you need to be willing to ride that. And I think that's what made Gay such a successful business owner because she was willing to trust me that things would turn back around 
and they did but yeah a lot of people would have like just cut loose there and then absolutely i'm currently you know getting ready for my eight-week business coaching program and you know again i've taken the plunge and hired someone you know to do that and you know etc etc and there's a few things that I'm like, okay, I've just got to ride the wave. I've just got to ride it. I've just got to ride. Like, so I too am sitting in that process going, okay, like there's a couple of things I'm like, why is this happening? And why is that happening? And this, and this. so, yeah. so I think it's okay to ask questions. And if they're a dad, well then yes, obviously let them go. But my guys, you know, from mad science have been brilliant and they've answered everything that I've needed. Right. And it comes down to exactly what you said. You communicated with gay, right? You yeah. told her that the changes have been happening. Same thing with these guys. I had questions. They took the time to communicate to me. They've explained to me why. And I'm like, great. I've just got to ride the wave. Things don't happen yeah. overnight. So I think it is important, but that does lead me into a, a good question, though, is that when the people have decided to either take a course or hire someone to do their Facebook ads, because obviously the course is going to be cheaper because the people aren't doing it for you. And then when you hire someone, you're paying more because it's their job to manage everything for you. Yeah. But do you have any tips? Because there are some dud Facebook people out there, people, all right? There are some just but there's dud business coaches out there. There's dud Instagram. There's dud everyone out there. But, you know, what are type of, what types of questions or tips would you give people um, in regards to when they're looking to taking a course or hiring someone? I would ask the person, in, and in saying that, you know, there is a bad rap from a few bad people, but there are a lot of really good marketers out there also that really do have your best interest at heart, but it's, it's between weeding the two out. So with Facebook advertising, I would ask them, when was the, what was the last thing you invested in your own learning? So like, yep. when did you last invest in building up your own skills and ask them the last couple of big changes with Facebook yep. and, you know, do a bit of research yourself and find out what those are. Anyone that is on the ball and does this seriously and is on Facebook as much as I am should know straight off the top of the head, you know, what's the big changes and what's sort of the, the patterns that you're seeing at the moment, because if they don't know the latest change that, you know, came out a couple of days ago then they haven't got their finger on the pulse and they're not keeping up to date with those changes. And if they're using the same strategy that they were using last year, it's no good anymore. You know, Facebook changes so much. Like with Gay's ads, you know, we've been running the same strategy for six months and it was working so, so well. And I'm like, well, this is great. And then things can fall apart so quickly as they make a big change. So you need to know that it's somebody that keeps up to date and somebody that's not like, I know everything there is to know about Facebook advertising. I don't need to learn anymore because I know a lot about Facebook advertising, but there are people out there that know so much more than me. And I'm always like, I'm in masterminds to communicate with those people and to be, you know, asking them questions and be surrounded by other people so that if something goes wrong and I go, oh my God, this is not working, I can jump in a mastermind. And they go, oh no, that, that's a bug and it's happening to me too. So, you know, by someone saying, yeah, look, I pay for this training course or I pay for that, doesn't mean that they're a beginner. It doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. It means that they, you know, are humble enough to go, you know, I don't know everything and I'm going to have some people to support me. And that's going to be so much better for your campaign because if something goes wrong, they'll have other people to reach out to rather than just, you know, trying to wing it themselves. So never be afraid of people who are, you know, admitting to you that they're still training or that they're still doing these other things because I'd say that kind of person is actually going to be better than someone that says, you know what, I'm fantastic and I don't need to learn anymore. Oh, it's so true. I mean, it's the one thing that I say to people when I'm, you know, having a chat with them, if they're going to have me as their business consultant, and I say, you're not just getting me for my expertise in the business realm, you're also getting me for my connections. But more importantly, you're getting me because I'm always upskilling myself in the new techniques that I'm able to share with you as a coach. So yeah, you know, I went to social media marketing world, I'm going to the Mel Dives for a mastermind, etc. And people are like, Oh, 
so you don't know any everything? I'm like, no, I don't know everything. But because of my connections, if I don't know someone, I can tap into yes. their knowledge yeah. and get an answer for you. So I'm with you. I think it's imperative that those types of questions are being asked. So no, so perfect. So I just want to recap for people if they're doing I mean, they're listening. So today we've talked about the cold audience. <laughs> we've talked about the warm audience. We've talked about the hot audience. We've talked about ensuring that you've got a pixel on your site. And if you don't know how to do that, just Google it. It'll take you about five minutes to do that. We've talked about if you're kind of in the new space and you, you need to, you don't have money to do this, that you can, you know, go Google Facebook Blueprint and you can, Facebook will walk that through through the free course. Yeah. We've also talked about the top end of the funnel, the middle end of the funnel and the bottom end of the funnel. We've talked about a thank you purchase ad that you can run. We've talked, talked about cross-selling campaigns that you can have. We've talked about time ads that you could have. Um, but if you are going, okay, great. I don't have time to learn. You know, I've got time to learn because I, I think this is an important thing. I don't have time to go through all this to cipher it, and I may or may not solve an end result, but I am ready to go to that next step and take a course. Tell us a little bit what, you know, where listeners, you know, where they can learn about your services, Karen, or where they can follow you on social media platforms, because I know one of your Facebook courses is coming up very soon. So if they are sitting there going, no, I'm just going to take Karen's course. It's valid. It's legit. Where, where can they start finding more information about you and your, in your courses and platforms? So the Ecom Accelerator is coming out very, very soon, and they can find out more about it at karenwithaY.com. Ecom Accelerator is me walking you through how to set up all of these funnels. But as well as that, I've brought on some of these peers. One of them is Caleb Ufton, who is an amazing website optimization specialist. So he'll actually go through people's website live on calls, and he's going to be telling them what to change to actually get that conversion rate up because Facebook ads aren't a silver bullet. So if you have the most amazing Facebook ads in the world, and this is something I learned from my first course, we were getting these great click-through rates and cheap traffic, but their websites just weren't converting. So now I've looked at this as a holistic approach and gone, no, no, we actually need to get their websites converting as well. So that's part of the course now. And also Jo McKee is an amazing copywriter. So she'll be teaching people how to write copy for their Facebook ads because that's really the hardest part for me. I'm not a copywriter. So I thought, you know what, I'll bring in someone that knows what they're talking about. So we've got Joe McKee and then we've also got Jeff Minibok, who is a graphic designer who specializes just in Facebook advertising ads, images and videos. So he's doing some training on, you know, how to make your images and your videos clickable as well. So it's a whole course just for e-commerce businesses uh, launching very soon. And yeah, they can get some updates at karenwithaway.com. Perfect, perfect. And before we say goodbye, share with us something that many people in the world would not know about you. I've been skydiving three times, once out of a helicopter over the Swiss Alps. Dude, very fun. And where were the other two times? Uh, once in Launceston and once in Hobart. Not okay. quite as exciting, but... <laughs> <laughs> but still very, very, very fun. Still very cool. Well, thank you so much for your wealth of knowledge today around the Facebook ads and e-commerce, more in particular. And for those that are listening, my team and I will be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my Facebook group, the Australian Business Collaborative. Uh, we've got a few thousand people in there at the moment. So make sure you join the community as I'd love to see you in there. But for now, have an awesome day. And yes, look forward to having you guys tune into my next episode next week. Until then, keep smiling, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au